This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Today's episode of the Chase to Must podcast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Panko Chicken. The new Atlanta restaurant thrives off of a unique spin on Japanese and Western cuisine and is already racking up the awards, winning Best Selling Taste in the Taste of Atlanta Awards both in 2017 and 2018. So if you're in the metro Atlanta area and are wanting to try something new and good and delicious, go to Panko Chicken today and tell them that I sent you over. You'll be glad you did, I promise. Panko Chicken, where eats meets West. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, welcome back to a late night Monday night edition of the Chase Thomas podcast. Old friend Eric J. Thompson of the Daily Norseman is here. Eric, good evening. How are you, sir? It has been too long, Chase. I'm glad to be back on. I spend way too much time thinking about dumb sports things and one of the things that i've been thinking way too much about the last couple of months is like how little of a handle i have on the nfc north and because you are um, an nfc north expert especially a vikings expert based on my sources um i i want to get to the bottom of this i need to figure this out because i think general previews are boring there are other podcasts for that shout out to the pff show my guy austin gale at pff and their youtube clips and all that kind of stuff that's great that's what they do they know more than me i don't want to do that i want to try and parse through what i do know and what we can what we can figure out because i think a lot of divisions are a lot more simple we look at certain teams like People are overthinking the NFC West. People are overthinking the NFC East, I think, even to that extent, like talking themselves into anybody but the Eagles. Um, the NFC North, I just, I have no idea because, I mean, I've liked what the Lions have done. I think the Bears have done as well as they could have based on what happened to them. I think the Vikings have done just about everything you would want the Vikings to do. And then you have the Packers making a change after um, years of people wanting them to make a change. And it's, it's interesting because... I, I just I could see all four teams winning the division this year, and that is a rarity because I don't think I could do that with any other division in football. And people could maybe say the NFC South, but I, I don't think we're there. I'll have to see it and believe it with the Bucks, and then Cam has to play 16 games. So I just I don't think it's that realistic there. Mm-hmm. But I really do think the NFC North is just incredibly hard to parse through right now. Am I overthinking it, or are you just as stumped? Um, with the state of the NFC North right now? Well, I think throwing the lines in there might be a little, little generous, but they, um, of course, just made a really big move this last, last week, uh, adding to their already stout uh, defensive line with with adding Mike Daniels. So I yep. think that's a, a nice feather in their cap. 
But I think the other three teams, the Bears, the Packers, and the Vikings, I know most of this offseason, if you look at most of the Vegas odds, all three of those teams, as far as betting on who's going to win the division, the odds are really close. And I think that's pretty accurate because it's I could see the te- any of those three teams uh, taking the division. I think top to bottom, this might be the toughest division in football. Just uh, even the Lions, if they could definitely put together a nine or seven, nine and seven, ten and six season and, and sneak into the playoffs. I think too, that it, it's going to be tough just because of the division they play in. But it's it's go, it's it's tough to parse through. You're you're not wrong about that, and I think uh, it's going to be a really fun division to watch this season. And I'm excited to see who gets the upper hand. I mean, this might be one of those divisions where. In, you remember those years in the NFC East where it seemed like all all four teams were within nine and seven and seven yeah, and nine. Yeah, yeah. I I could definitely see that happening yes. in the NFC North this year. So the defensive line. I mean, let's just. I wasn't going to start with the Lions, but I think they're probably the most fascinating because you're de- more down on them than I am. Um, and then we can just kind of move around. We'll save the Vikings for last. Um, we'll save them for last. But the Lions. You mentioned their defensive line. They signed Mike Daniels, who the Packers cut, and. Mm-hmm. It, kind of weird and then he just pops up there we like deshaun hand we like they spent a fourth round pick on austin bryant they have mike daniels now who's going to start they have damon harrison who's also just sitting there you have um Ashawn robinson and then you have trey flowers who they picked mm-hmm. up and then you have gerard davis as a linebacker who i really like first round pick from a couple years ago you still have darius slay on this roster you still have justin coleman who may be the best nickelback that no one's heard of I mean, he was really, really good in Seattle last year. I encourage people to parse through the numbers there. But, like, I look at that defense, and I just think, okay, they have the defensive line, they have the linebackers that can cover, and then they have a secondary that should be a lot better than they were last year. And then, you know, carry on Johnson. I'm a believer. Stafford has never been that bad. I think he's still top 10 potential. I like TJ Hawkinson and Jesse James and that double tight end set. And then Kenny Galladay has all the makings of a breakout candidate um they brought in some guys that we like danny mandola jermaine curse you still have marvin jones the big play threat i just my biggest thing is their offensive line i think that's what we're going to look at with the the vikings later but that's my only real question mark and then i guess daryl bevel what kind of offense does this look like because patricia kept jim bob cooter and then was like okay not a great thing and then moved on and we just don't know. Bevel's been away from the game now for a year. And, I mean, you're very familiar with Daryl Bevel, but I I don't know. Not the good version of Daryl Bevel, but, yes, I am familiar with him. <laughs> I, I would have liked the Seattle version a little better. <laughs> mm, yeah, I don't, I don't know. So is that fair that I could see this? Like, that roster, I just, if they're healthy and that offensive line is okay, like they're 18th, like that team can easily go 10-6 and six, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, just with that defensive line, I mean, that that is – they have five or six guys that could really get after the quarterback and stop there. I mean, having snaps in the middle is already ridiculous. And when you throw Mike Daniels in there, it's going to be really tough to run on those guys. And yeah, I do like Gerard Davis. I'm not as big on, I mean, after that, it gets pretty thin in my opinion for linebacker linebacker. And I, I think, um, it's okay Diggs to be there, right? Solid. Like that's the, that's the position you want to be thin at. Like the, the saints have nobody at linebacker. Right, and, and it that's I mean, <laughs> the way the way it's going. I think that's uh, you know linebacker after the top two, you can kind of get away with it. So, and and yeah, that's it's a team that is you know, as much as grief as 
that people give Matthew Stafford, he can still put up numbers, he can still produce, and he's uh, been historically really healthy, so he can usually be there all 16 games. There's actually, you know, you can make a lot of comparisons between he and Kirk Cousins. I think it's more of the salary that makes people upset than mm. the actual performance. I think if, you know, if they were both making $17 million instead of upwards of in the upper 20s million, I think they'd have a lot better opinion of him. And I, I do like on Johnson. Just like the Vikings with Dalvin Cook, if on Johnson's healthy, I, I feel like he can kind of need that, add that caveat so far early in both of their careers. Yeah, in that offensive line, I mean, it's, uh, it's a little shaky. You have the, what, Taylor Decker, Frank Ragnall, I kind of like. Um, Ricky Wagner is going to start at right tackle. Yeah, that whole right side, it makes me pretty yeah. nervous. Kenny like, Wiggins. Don't yep. know much about him, but um, he came from the Chargers, who, let me check my notes here. Yeah, haven't had a good offensive line in 35 years, so that's probably <laughs> not great. Yeah, well, half the time for the Chargers, it's just having bodies out there, because it seems like three quarters of the Have you seen, like, I think it was PFF that went through this, but, like, Philip Rivers' entire career just never had a top 10 offensive line. Never had mm. even, I think, a top 15. Like, he yeah. just only had a bad offensive line. It's all he's known. It's yeah. insane. I don't know why they can't figure it out. Well, every single player that they do draft that seems to be good seems to tear his ACL by week two. It's it's absolutely nuts. So, and yeah, they do have the weapons. Kenny Galladay, the Vikings, I think, did a good job against him last year. But he could, he's he's a big play waiting to happen. Same with Marvin Jones. They did pick up Danny Amendola, which could help. I'm, I'm not sure how much gas he has left in the tank, and he's another injury concern guy throughout his career. But yeah, yeah it's it's not a bad team. This and I've seen a couple projections of the that's Lions the important thing. I think I don't yeah, see but, how they can be bad. Worst case for them is like six and ten, and I think that's worse. Worst case, that's like a bad injury year. Yeah, and it's it's if a lot of things have to go wrong with them injury wise. I don't think they're especially deep, so that uh, that could definitely happen. But uh, you could say that's just about any NFL team. I mean, look at look at your Falcons. I think they were probably one of the more talented teams last year, and they just their defense finally reached that tipping point. It's like okay, everyone's hurt, and that was pretty much it for them. What would you guess their defensive DVOA was last year? The Lions? No, the Falcons. Well, the Falcons, twenty second or something, but yeah, they were at or right near the bottom, weren't they? Thirty one. Yeah, that was, was a... there was only one team worse. Who was it? Was it the? It wasn't the Cardinals, was it? It was not. They were the worst, I think, offensive. I mean, they had one yeah, of the yeah. top fifteen worst offensive DVOA seasons of all time. But, of all uh, time, yeah. Yes. Uh, no, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ah, oh, yes, that's right. Then they. What did they do to improve their defense this year? So that's what, yeah. When you said you weren't still, yeah, exactly. Which when you said they, sure, but they're still going to be a pretty bad defense. Sure, yeah, exactly. Vita Vea. I I love Indomitian Sue. He should just go around touring the NFC every year now, just on (laughs) one-year deals. Just be a just be a mercenary until the end of his career. I love it. I mean, that'd be good. I mean, I would sign up for uh, Grady Jarrett and Indomitian Sue for a season. There you go. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, the Lions are just, I'm glad we're in agreement there because I have seen Lions fans getting a little feisty because there have been some takes of like the Lions being the last team in the division and like they could be the worst team in football. And I'm just, I am backing you Lions fans in that there is no way you can be bad. It's just a veteran quarterback with that many weapons, with that defense, with what they've added. I just, there is no path to them being bad. There is a real path to the bears regressing and falling off a cliff. There is a real path to the Packers not going well if Rodgers misses a lot of games like I could see this the wheels falling off or just like we don't know with the floor we don't know what this is gonna look like we don't there's a lot of question marks there 
and they missed the playoffs this past year. Like, there's an avenue for them to be bad. The Vikings, if the offensive line is somehow worse and the defense doesn't get back to what it was in 2017, and Kirk Cousins really starts dealing with the pressure and the money stuff and all the guaranteed and everything, and then they just implode, or Thielen and Diggs get hurt, that team can get yeah, really bad yeah. really quickly. So We, I, I, we can I definitely just, talk about that, the wide receiver situation yeah, for sure. But I don't think that's the case with the Lions. I think that there's just no avenue. Like, I will quit this podcast, folks, if they go, like, 3-13. and 13. Like, I yeah. just, I don't think it's possible. Well, it is the Lions, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't put, that, put that in the line. But, yeah, they, they, their floor is, is a lot higher than I think a lot of people are giving them. It, it, again, it's going to be a tough division, and if, if, if they go 2-4 and four in the division, that doesn't necessarily mean they're a terrible team, they, even if they go 1-5, because there are four solid teams in the NFC North. But, and the, another thing is they are playing one of the other better divisions, I guess, outside of the Raiders. The NFC North and the AFC West are playing each other. So that's mm. there's going to be a lot of tough games on a lot of schedules there. Is the AFC West tough? Are we sure? Well, I mean, you got to put the Chargers and Chiefs up there. And I think the Broncos well, let me go ahead better. and tell you, sir. Um, I have the Broncos in the playoffs. I don't think the Chargers make the playoffs. I think the Chargers blew Ooh. it. Ooh. I, the Chargers are kind of the well. They how, how many years in a row? The Melvin Gordon stuff is already a bad start. Bad offensive line. We keep waiting for the Philip Rivers regression year. I don't know. I just I don't feel good about them, and I feel really good about the Broncos. I think the Broncos are going to be improved, and that, that, it's but I I still don't think I put them against the, the top two. And I mean, I, as far as the fourth place in that division goes, I think we can I mean, both agree. That's yeah. yeah, of course, yes. But yeah, that's it's still. I mean, on on paper, it seems like a pretty tough schedule. Especially the Vikings and Packers both have to go at the Chargers and at uh, Kansas City. So oh, that's, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I yeah, I don't know. Um, the Bears, my favorite team to talk about because I've written this into stone. Um, this is something I will also just I'll beat this drum. The Bears are finishing last in this division. That is something that wow. I can't escape last yeah i don't like anything about this group the way they lost last year just unbelievably brutal they still can't figure out the kicker stuff they're bringing in dudes like what was the last name was it missy or what was it it was some kind of weird like what was his last name the the guy they have right now on their roster was it elliot fry that's the no. one that's that, uh, Wasn't it a backup quarterback that was charlie fry yeah <laughs> 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 um what is their kicker's name right now? They have no, it's something weird. It's oh god, I have to look this up. But I saw it, and people are making jokes about it. Um, I just don't think could it hurt to sign in an Aguayo? Oh, like, did, are you talking about the Blewett guy? Blewett, yes, yeah, that's who yeah, it is. Blewett, yes. okay, <laughs> yes. I don't is um, he's I'm, I'm I can't keep track of that because that, that's a revolving door. I mean, the the best the best part who is who the hell is Elliot Fry? Eddie Panero? Why does that sound familiar? Who is Eddie Panero? Yeah, that's the one that I, I couldn't... I have an you. idea. Just sign Matt Bryant. He's just sitting there doing Twitter videos, kicking the ball, making his wife go and record him, kicking 50 yeah. yards. I mean, sure, he's 47 years old or whatever, but he can... I mean, you, anything inside 50, when's the last time he missed? And, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it cannot be worse. There is no way Matt Bryant is a worse option than what they're trotting out there right now. Yep. God, I don't know. So I don't trust this team. I don't trust the loss. I mean, you lost Callahan. I don't know if I believe in a lot of those defensive backs where it's like the Vic Fangio stuff. I Chuck Pagano has been away. 
I don't know what this defense is going to look like. I mean, obviously they still have a lot of talent with Akeem Hicks and Cleo Mack, and they they have dudes: Roquan Smith, Danny Trevathan, right. Leonard Floyd. Like they have talent up and down the roster. Kyle Fuller. Yeah, they they have the linebackers. That's that's for sure. Yes, but that secondary, I think, was a lot. I I don't know. I don't think that secondary is going to be as good as they were last year. I'm not sure about Eddie Jackson. I'm not sure about Hawkman and Dix at safety. I'm not sure because like Adrian Amos is really good for them and he's gone. So that we'll was see. that's that's a big loss. I think that's out of everything outside of maybe just losing Vic Fangio because he had that defense just playing perfect Bears uh defense last year. Clinton Dix in place of Amos, that's that's a pretty big drop off in my right. opinion. Because I've seen both of those players quite a bit playing against the Vikings and I Clinton Dix is fine, but he's he's no Amos. Eddie Jackson, he, I mean, he absolutely killed the Vikings in both games. I think he had three or four turnovers by himself uh, in the two games against the Vikings, including a game-clinching touchdown at Soldier Field. But he's he's kind of the in the peanut tailman mold. If he isn't forcing a lot of turnovers, he's I mean, he, he's he's still really solid. I'd, I'd I'd gladly welcome him on most teams. But you have Prince of Mukamaro, who's been kind of up and down throughout his career. You have Buster Scrine and Kyle Fuller again. He was pretty bad up until his contract year, and then yeah. he really blew up. So it's if if he, he can repeat regrets. last year, if, yeah. If he can repeat last year, then the, that secondary is in good shape. But if he goes back to what he was the first three years, this de- this defense can definitely take a step back. And they're getting torched. Like this is a bad defense. I mean, a bad situation to. I mean, the NFC South is the worst deep uh, division to just like have a bad secondary in. Where yep. it's just like, oh, you're you're screwed. Um, but with this, I just, I mean, you have the best duo in Thielen and Diggs. Then you have Aaron Rodgers. And then, I mean, Galladay might become a superstar this year. Like, that's that's in play. So, I I don't know. This would be a, a, a huge problem. So, I think this defense is not going to be top five in defensive DOA again. I think there's a real chance it's actually maybe kind of bad. I'm not a Mitch Trubisky guy at all. No, I, no. I just He's I'm getting great out running early. back. Great running back. I think he should like. I think I'm literally. <laughs> I think he would be a great NFL running back. Again, mm-hmm. Bears fans jump on. Well, you know, look at the numbers and look at what he did against the Vikings. And everything. Yes, absolutely. He, he had the hashtag QB wins last year, and Nagy put him in a lot of great positions yes. to succeed. But yeah, it's just as a pure quarterback. Mm, no, it, it's it's you know. You can yell the whole system quarterback thing, and I, he kind of was a product of that system. Yeah. And, and you know, Valen Robinson, his, he, him staying healthy is always a, a, Taylor uh, Gabriel, the fixture yeah. of health. Anthony Miller. I mean, I like Riley Ridley, but well, they, they got Cordero Patterson. Oh, you know, a couple of getting them checks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they have a seventh rounder starting at left tackle and Charles Leno Jr. Mm-hmm. I I mean, their starting right tackle is from Arizona. Can't be good. Bobby Massey, who had the worst offensive line of football last year. Like, I don't... There's so many signs to me that just scream regression. Yep. I just... There is... If there's one thing I'm confident... Even if you don't think that they're going to finish last, I just... I don't know how you can talk yourself into this team being a back-to-back division champ. I don't think... You would need to know a lot more about Trubisky. Like, I think teams... Yeah, are gonna he adjust. would... He, he would definitely have to take the leap. He'd have to be in that. I don't think he's that guy. Personally, I don't think so either. Uh, he's proven me wrong at least a little bit. I thought he Matt Nagy is that guy. <laughs> yeah, he's and that's again. He'll he'll give him positions to succeed. And that offensive line performed really well last year, but they are missing a couple of key pieces. I love Kyle Long at right guard. Again, it, he's another guy that had some questionable health 
uh, in the past. I, I really like Cody. I love the in, interior line. Cody Whitehair is a really good guard as well. But yeah, it's it could be a little sketchy. And again, that's when you're going against the defensive lines of the NFC North, NFC North, especially when the Lions are stacking up. The Packers still have a couple of really good guys that can get to the quarterback, and the Vikings, of course, with their um, defensive ends. It's it's going to be pretty tough for them. It, it and this, I mean, this isn't a, a brand new take from either of us that they're a regression candidate because that's kind of they're the the quote unquote sexy pick to kind of take a step back this year. But again. Stepping back from twelve and four to what if they lose two or three? Sure, that'd that'd be great with me, but I I don't think it's going to be that extreme because I do think Trubisky will probably improve a little bit. Let me pull up their schedule. Um, I just I think teams are really going to adjust Mitch Trubisky. I think we're in for a really bad Mitch Trubisky year. I don't think it's going to happen again. I just think teams are getting too smart and like, let's see. Okay. So they open with the the Packers at Denver, at Washington, Minnesota at home. They can start out one and three very easily there. They go to Oakland. You're you're giving them a win against Washington, right? Uh, no. They're they're one of my candidates to be one of the worst teams this year. See, I think think they're in the Detroit Lions zone where they have too much talent. They have actually the most expensive offensive, I mean, the just most expensive offense in football this year. So you're putting Trent Williams back on that team for now, right? Okay. All right. Um, until he gets injured, like their whole offensive ended <laughs> last year. So yeah. right now, yeah. I'm also a Dwayne Haskins guy, so maybe that's part of the reason I'm more intrigued by them. Um, so I think that's maybe one and three. The Vikings game toss-up. Saints, Chargers, at Philly. They go to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. They have Green Bay. They Okay, so their last four games. Okay, let's just go through this. Their last four games. Cowboys at home, at Green Bay. Chiefs at home, at Minnesota. The annual game, I think this is the fourth straight year or something like that. It's been Bears at Vikings Week 17. It's weird, weird scheduling court. But yeah, that is a tough December for sure. Their schedule is brutal. Yeah, I mean, that's it's they're playing the first place schedule. That's yeah. usually what, why you pick one of these regression candidates. And yeah, I mean, right now, I would I personally think they're going to be a step behind the Packers and, and Vikings. But again, that def- when you have the studs they do up front and the, the havoc they can cause, they can make that secondary look a lot better. And they still have some weapons. I like Terry Cohen. I'm not at every down back. But yeah, if the Bears are going to repeat, they need a big year for Mitch Trubisky. And I think we're both in agreement there that I don't see it personally. Should the Packers be considered the favorites just because of Aaron Rodgers? Is that just enough still in 2019? Well... I mean, it's it's definitely enough to make the conversation about it, and the, it's it for me the Packers. It's the young guys that they've been developing the last couple of years and drafting. I think they've had some really good drafts. It's the guys like Jair Alexander, if they can, if he can make a step up, Kevin King, if uh, St. Equinemius, yeah, that, that's a that's a great addition for them. Um, that I really like the defensive ends that, or well, like they're three four, but the the edge rushers that they added, Rashawn Gary. Yep. Well, Rashawn Rash- 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 Gary, and he's he's a great athlete. I'm not sure what we like. Kenny Clark. Yes. Oh well, I I, I fear Kenny Clark. So that mm-hmm. means yes, he's good. He's uh, and I like both of the Smiths that they added, uh, Preston and Zadarius. That mm-hmm. they should be good on the edges. So. I think the defense is going to be a lot better for Green Bay. How much better, I think, is going to make the big difference. Because I think 
with the Packers. Again, and you have no idea now with under LeFleur what kind of offense they're going to run. But if they run a offense and an offense, that, that should be better than whatever McCarthy was doing. You know, as long as uh, the Rodgers and LeFleur can get somewhat on the same page, it should be better. I really do like Aaron Jones. I, I, I was glad that the Packers kind of ignored him last year, but if they use him a lot more, especially in the passing game, I think they could be more dangerous. It's And I think it's kind of a toss-up for me. I think that Week 2 game at Lambeau is going to tell a lot. Hopefully they don't tie again. That was really weird last year <laughs> with all the missed field goals. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it, I think you're going to learn a lot in the, the first month because I think both with the Packers and the Vikings, they have a new offensive kind of system in place, and whoever can hit the ground running better I think is going to have a leg up on the division. I also trust their offensive line the most. Of anyone, well, I think that yeah. matters. You, got, you, have, you have Bakhtiari there. I mean, he's still, for my money, probably I mean, Brian Beluka, one of the best. Yeah, they have yeah. dudes. They still have yeah. guys. That, and, of um, course, they're, they're, they're torturing me with my uh, North Dakota State grad, uh, Billy Turner. He's starting. I think he's slated to start for yes, them. Yes, he is. Right so, guard. No. I, the Vic, I've been praying for the Vikings to just pick up an undrafted free agent from NDSU. Mm-hmm. And they, keep, they keep on adding South Dakota State guys just to rub them in my face. Now, now Billy Turner is going to start in his in his native green and gold from college. It's it's gonna it's gonna hurt, but hopefully hopefully the Vikings can do some damage on him in at least a couple games. So the Vikings defense, I mean the the, the Packers defense. We you touch on this. I like Jair Alexander. I like that they focus so much on the secondary with King, and then bringing in Adrian Amos, and then Darnell Savage. It seems like everybody likes him. Um, Tremont Williams is going to be playing until he's sixty three years old. Um, they <laughs> I have, can't believe he's still there. Yeah, Josh. What happened to Josh Jackson? Why do I not see him here? Where's he at? Um, did they deal with him? I can't. Did he get traded? I thought he was part of. Well, let's see. Am I losing my mind? Did he get traded? No, he's there. Did, why, yeah, he wasn't listed on the depth yeah, chart. Why is he though. on their depth chart? Oh, there he is. I see him now. Never mind. He's he's backing up Kevin King. I was okay. That's right. Okay, that he's was, not okay. I was just looking at their starters. Yeah, okay. That's. I was like, I thought he was starting now. Okay. Yeah, just, he'll be in the mix for sure, and I I think he might be a step behind Jair, but he. I mean, they they overhauled that. Uh, their secondary through the draft. They definitely needed to, but I think if it just really depends on how much those guys can improve. And they were they were solid last year, but they were still definitely beatable in the back end. But if they can get better, it's it, they're going to be a lot tougher defense. But are we sure Mike Pettin's still a good defensive coordinator? Because like he just he gets like the Rex Ryan bump, and I think he actually did like a pretty good job with Cleveland that one year. But like he was brought in, he changed the defense. Dom Capers finally moved on, but like. This was the this was the 29th defensive DVOA team last year. Like if you watch yeah. the Packers, that defense sucked. They have talent, they have dudes in the secondary and stuff, but like I don't know. I don't know why we're penciling in them getting better. And if they're not, then I don't know if they're a playoff team. Like that defense was really really bad last year. Yeah, they they definitely need to make a jump and I think Petten uh got the same kind of bump that LaFleur is getting right now is just um, the fact that he wasn't down Capers. I think yeah. <laughs> the Packers fans were doing backflips just before the fact that Capers was out of there. Yeah, but and they were really young last year, and they have added a couple pieces. But it again, it, it they they need to improve as a unit. They seem poised to. You know, most of these players are, uh, especially in the secondary or second or third year players, and you usually get that just the natural bump from uh, playing there. But yeah, I'm. Uh, Packers fans seem to like Pettin, but yeah, the, he hasn't 
really accomplished too much yet. We'll we'll he's see been about bad this. Bad right now. He's been a bad defensive coordinator. I want to see it. Like he was away and then he came back and this defense still sucks. So let's just see. Maybe he's right. still bad. Maybe he's actually just a bad defensive coordinator now. Hey, that'd be fine with me. New, and because he's not Dom Capers, like you said, they just given the benefit of the doubt. But the thing that I'm looking towards most with this group is that Aaron Rodgers was throwing to the same three guys for years, and he had so much continuity with his dudes. Like it was Jordy, Devontae, Randall Cobb, I mean, Greg Jennings before that. But like he has thrived off the same dudes and just building that continuity and that camaraderie and everything else. Um, but this year, I mean, we saw a little bit of it last year with Jordy being gone and everything. But now it's these are new guys here. Like you have guys he's gonna have to acclimate jay sternberger he's gonna have to really focus more on acquaint oh how are we gonna say this name equanimous equanimous saint brown and then geronimo allison and then you have marquez uh valda scantling who was good for them last year so they have dudes like jim on Moore. we'll see what happens there but and, and my favorite college guy alan lazard out of iowa state but um the only known commodity there is Devontae Adams. Like you could maybe say Geronimo Allison a little bit, but like I want to see how Aaron Rodgers distributes the ball a little bit this year. I want to see how with this new offense, with these new guys where it's like, Aaron, we didn't go out and we didn't get you a big name. We didn't get you your own Amari Cooper. You're going to have to work with Devontae and you're going to have to work with the rest of these guys and turn them into stars. Like he has to elevate these dudes. He has to, get them into the level where Randall Cobb was when he was healthy, when Jordy Nelson was there. Like he has to bring it out. It can't just be Devonte Adams all the time. Right. Exactly. And I don't think they're going to get a lot out of their tight ends this year, unless they turn back a clock to 2012, because it's Mercedes Lewis and Jimmy Graham right now. And mind their age. I think it's at least a hundred years old. <laughs> it has to be. Yeah. Their bodies are at least a hundred years old. Oh, by far, especially Graham. But um, I think, yeah, Allison, he, he has these huge games and then just absolutely disappears. I think Valdez Scantling kind of had the same thing last year, but I'd, I'd have a little more faith. I think between he and St. Brown, one of those two guys is going to emerge as kind of the second guy. But yeah, someone else besides Adams needs to step up because as, as good of a, as a wide receiver as he is, he, they, you know, they can't just target him 170 times and hope for the best. No. Okay, well, let's let's transition to the team that um let me check my notes here the uh the men um, <laughs> minnesota vikings the minnesota vikings that is it um this is a team that pissed me off last year penciled them in as my super bowl pick i had steelers vikings last year and uh neither of those things came true unfortunately <laughs> and the the vikings did this and i remember a couple years ago um wait was it where was the Super Bowl this past year? The this past year was uh, it in Atlanta? Um, Am I tripping? Was it? Yes. Yeah, yes. it was here. Okay. Yeah. yeah like... Because <laughs> last year, the year before that, so the year before it was in Atlanta, it was in Minnesota, right? It sure was. And that was when we were first talking about. It. I'm like, oh, this sucks. You bring in Kirk Cousins the year that, uh, or was this? Or, no, this is the Case Keenum year. Okay, so I'm blending yeah. it all together. The Case Keenum run, everything. I remember betting really hard against the Vikings in the title game. Because I was like, there's no way a team that is hosting the Super Bowl is getting there. Until it happens, because it's never happened. I was just like, nope, yep. it's not going to be Case Keenum and the Vikings. So, I I don't know why teams still do this. I, if I'm like a, a prospective city, I'm like, no, I don't want to host the Super Bowl. Like, until some other team breaks through and 
gets to play on their home turf, uh, it's going to be no for me. It's it's going to be a no. But um, now they don't have that. Now they don't have to worry about playing the Super Bowl in Minnesota. They have Kirk Cousins back, um, different offense. Like, I, can you explain to me the Gary Kubiak, Kevin Stefanski stuff? Like, how does this all work? Because they do, it's not like they came <clears throat> from the same tree and they're both kind of OCs. Like, ex- what what have you gathered from being at camp and, like, trying to see what this looks like? Is this offense just going to be, like, a hybrid? What is this? Well, it's, I mean, as far as who's in charge, is still technically Stefanski. He is the OC, and uh, I'm not sure exactly what Kubiak's role. It's some sort of offensive consultant. But I've um, heard sound bites from uh, Stefanski, basically. You know, he's... He has been through it all. He's been with the team for almost 15 years now. So he's, he's seen coordinators go in and out. And he, he has already he's talked about several times about if he finally got a chance to be the offensive coordinator, which he did the last three games of last year, he would kind of model it after a Kubiak offense. And so I think it's just a really good blend. It's definitely Kubiak has been a lot of influence. I've been there the first four days in Egan here, and it's – I, I don't think we've seen a shotgun snap yet. I think that's mm. just. I think that's more just installing stuff at first. But I, it's been all under center. Um, you like twelve personnel? You got it here, especially with the um, the addition of Irv Smith in the second round. Cal Shanahan, baby. How many fullbacks yep. are we seeing here? Um, usually just one, John but there's Klein a lot. Klein Saucer there's, making an appearance. <laughs> yeah, that's Jim Klein Saucer. Jim but no, Klein Saucer. Uh, we, we do me. have yeah. we do have the wonderfully named CJ Ham at, mm. at fullback. He's been getting involved. Um, there's, yeah, there's been some 12 personnel, that, um, and I've really liked what they've done with the formations, at least so far with uh, Irv Smith. They've lined them up at H-back, they've lined them up as mm-hmm. inline tight end, they've lined them up out wide, motioned them all over the place. And of course, you still have Kyle Rudolph, too, who they just gave an extension. So I would expect a lot of multiple tight end sets from them. So it's going to look a lot different. I'm a little worried about how much Mike Zimmer is emphasizing run, 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 run the ball. Um, I would much more like play action, play action, play action the ball. And no, they should definitely just... throw less to their two best receivers. I think this is a sound <laughs> strategy. Right. But it has been promising so far, at least in the practices we've seen. Again, there's only been two padded practices, and I'm pretty sure they're still in the installation period of a lot of stuff. But they're using a lot of uh, designed rollouts, getting the pocket moving um, just basically by design kind of clearing out a lot of play action a lot of uh like tunnel screens and uh they had a really nice red zone play uh they had um feeling the digs lined up on the right and um the two tight ends uh one of the tight ends lined up on the right uh or no they had feeling rudolph and irv smith lined up on the right digs lined up on the left they did look like they were running out in the flats and they ran a screen pass the other way to Dalvin Cook. So stuff like that. It seems like it's going to be heavy on the misdirection, heavy on the play action. And the numbers, that if you look at, uh, I tweeted out, I think, the couple days ago, the difference um, in, over Kirk Cousins' career out of play action and not play action, it's like a 20-point quarterback rating difference. So it's something he's comfortable with. He's something he's, he's good at. He's pretty good at hiding the ball. And that just kind of gives Cousins – the biggest knock on him is if everything in the play goes right, he's an amazing quarterback. Mm-hmm. It's when things break down and don't go as planned, that's when he gets in trouble. If you can set it up a little more where it, the plays go more according to plan, get some people open off of misdirection, I think it'll be a, a, a lot better situation for him. We call this the Andy Dalton zone. Yeah, I'd still put him ahead of the Andy Dalton zone. But Andy Dalton Andy was Dalton, like a top five quarterback hey, for a he year. Had a he could have really been a Super Bowl good, champ. Like he could, yes, 
I and, will ride for that Bengals team till the end of time. Like that I, Bengals team, if he did not get hurt and they did not play AJ McCarron in that Pittsburgh playoff game, the AFC was wide open that year. They I had agree. Bet, like that defense was stacked. That team was built to win. Now that offensive line was nasty. They had so many playmakers, and Dalton got hurt at the worst possible time. But I think that team was going to be a Super Bowl team that year. But yeah, and again, don't just don't expect Cousins to carry you by himself. But no. he's definitely more than capable if he's in, and especially with the defensive he Vikings. Um, yeah. What is he like? I mean, what is Kirk Cousins he, like? What's the best way I have described him is I can't wait for him to vote for him in the 2032 election for a senator mm-hmm. of some state. He is. It's a little, it's almost a little too polished, if that makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. he's very, I mean, he's always got a, a, a good answer. He's, he's pretty candid, though. Like, he's, he's admitted, you know, he's, he, he knows that it comes down to wins and losses for him. He, he knows that he's had uh, put up numbers, but it's been, he's, the knock on him has been coming up when it's important. So he's, he seems pretty self-aware. But, yeah, he, he's always, it's. I mean, it's it's almost robotic in a way, but he's it's he, he seems like a really nice guy. But yeah, it's I'm, I think he's he's well aware of the situation as well. Colin Cowherd is all in. You just described his ideal quarterback. <laughs> yes, exactly. Basically, the the uh, anything that's not the that the, the you know the guy in Cleveland. He's he's so terrible. More vanilla, baby. Um, uh, yeah. Can Dalvin Cook survive behind? the offensive line that they had last year. Like that's my biggest thing is like, they're obviously changing schemes, right? Like they're going to be heavy scheme. And is the offensive lineman that they've already drafted that they've tried to put in there? Like, what does this offensive line look like? Is it going to be easier for them? How has it looked so far? Because I feel like that's what their season comes down to. It's not really Kirk cousins and those guys. I just feel like, is this offensive line going to be better? Is it going to be what it was two years ago? It's going to be better. Well, and it wasn't that good two years ago. Case Keenum pulled a lot of rabbits out of a lot of hats. That's true. Just running around, making it look a lot better. Yeah, and that offensive line wasn't very good two years ago. This year, the addition of Garrett Bradbury, I've never seen Vikings fans more excited about an offensive lineman. I mean, you would Mm. you would have thought they they drafted like the number one like wide receiver or something like that with the the 18th pick this year. But um, so far, so good with him. He, he's the starting center, it looks like, from day one. That means pushing out uh, last year, or last two years center, Pat Elfline, to left guard. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, – both guard positions were an absolute mess last year with Tom Compton. And for some reason, the team insisted playing on Mike Remmers at guard, even though he was a much better right tackle, in my opinion. Either way, the guards were absolutely terrible. Pat Elfline didn't have a preseason last year because he had two surgeries, and his strength just wasn't there. So – just by default, I think the um, the offensive line should be better. They added Josh Klein from Tennessee, who isn't a world beater by any means, and had a pretty crappy year in Tennessee last year. But it seems so great. far, yeah. <laughs> but, so, but so far, it seems like the scheme is. I mean, I'm used to going to camp, especially the first few days, and watching Daniel Hunter and Everson Griffin and everyone in the middle just kind of manhandle the offensive line. Now it seems like they're getting these. You know the the main goal in the zone blocking is to, to get these guys into the second level and blocking in space. And I think that's something that Gary Bradbury is going to be really good at. Something you know, Pat Elfline played three years of guard before playing center at Ohio State. PFF had him graded higher in all three of those years playing guard. So I think it'll be a better fit overall. Brian O'Neill, the second rounder from last year, who was kind of a surprise, especially pass blocking, did really well. Um, he's got another year. He's getting a little stronger as well because he's a, a former tight end. Riley Reef makes me a little concerned just because he was banged up last year and had a pretty bad season. 
just if he, if he can get back to anything close to what he was in Detroit. And again, this, just like we were talking about before with the Lions offensive line, as long as it's not not terrible, as long as this offensive line isn't a hindrance, if they're middle of the road, that's amazing. That, that means this offense can click in a lot of different ways. If they're terrible again, that's going to hinder just about everything they want to do, especially on the ground. And, you know, and then it's just throwing it up to the field of the digs, you know, 40 times a game, which great when you have the best one, two combination, but it's, it's a lot to depend on those two basically for 80% of your offense every game. I'm concerned that you left out Laquan Treadwell, our favorite wide receiver. <laughs> um, yes, he has been. Okay, this is, this is, I wrote this in my article last night, and he has been absolutely outstanding. Okay, uh, here we go. On special You're teams. Back in. On special teams. Mm. <laughs> he has been really great. He's like, he's Cordell Patterson all over again. It's a first-round guy that can't hack it at wide receiver, but he was like, <laughs> I'm seriously, this guy's like an all-world punt gunner, mm. and but yeah, and he's barely so he's been like Cordero Patterson-ish. Yeah, that's basically what he's. I mean, that's if he's if he makes the roster, it's going to be more. Is there a chance he, he doesn't make the roster? Oh, big chance. I mean, if there wasn't Man. if there wasn't dead cap, he'd already be off the team. Zimmer has had enough of him. Fans have <laughs> definitely. <laughs> And he's been with the twos almost exclusively. He did get some rotation in with the ones today. Give Chad Beebe some reps. Chad Beebe and um, actually uh, Jeff Taylor have mm. been the, the two. Or like sorry, Jeff Jordan. Because I want to Jordan believe you have Jeff Janis and Chad Beebe on the, the Jordan Taylor. Sorry, mm. but uh, um, you got Dylan Mitchell. I like that. I liked him at Oregon. Deep threat. Yeah, he, is he, he doing anything? But the all the young the, the Dylan Mitchell, Davion Davis, old BC Johnson, um, they haven't really shown too much. And Jeff Bedette, mm. uh, who is the speedster, he hasn't practiced yet, and he seems to be hurt pretty much all the time. And Mike Zimmer has an old saying: "You can't make the club from the tub." So um, it's so after Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen, it's definitely wide open. I personally, I think Chad Beebe probably has a a leg up on that third wide receiver in the slot. Just hell yeah. I mean, he is just a water bug underneath that. I mean, his, his he Love is just lightning dude. quick. Yeah, he is. He's really quick. I mean, it's, it's a carbon like copy. He like if I played football at the professional level. It is. I mean, you look at the guy and it's like, you, you play professional NFL football, huh? But yeah, he's he's super quick. I think he compliments the other two guys really well and they, um, allows Diggs and Thielen to play on the outside a little more. But he can definitely, um, in, in these uh, 12 personnel sets, both guys can kind of move all around. But, yeah, if Diggs or Thielen are hurt for any uh, stretch of time, it might get pretty nasty. And, and, but, again, we're four days in. Hopefully one of these younger guys can step up. I, and Zimmer yesterday publicly called out the young receivers, basically saying they need to get their rear ends in gear, I believe was the quote. Mm, well, I'm sure that will happen. So, um, And it's like one of those things, too, if you're a young guy, you, like you look – there's not a worse place to be a young receiver, I think, in football right now, outside of maybe the Falcons, where like Russell Gage just looks at the depth chart and he's like, what am I supposed to do here? <laughs> where, um, where, where do I go? Yeah. yeah. Like the Vikings, like, oh, uh, Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs, not even really in their prime yet. Um, how do I get on the field for like 20% of the snaps? Like how does this work? Right, I, I, it's got to be defeating when you have those dudes and they just you watch their route running and everything else. And you're like, oh, that's not fair. I guess I just might as well try a different career. Um, I'm not going to get on the field. I'm Jeff Bidet or Jeff Bidet. That's what we're going to call him. Um, <laughs> Davian Davis, Brandon Zeisler. 
Zilstra. Uh, Zilstra. He actually just came back. He he was a special teams ace last year. He this is his first practice. Mm. He he actually has an outside chance. He's uh he went to the big school of Concordia Moorhead, which is powerhouse. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, Division three. Yes. Mm. But um, he actually looked pretty good. He had a couple really good um, preseason games last year. Got hurt for a little bit, but ended up playing, I think, all 16 games on special teams. So he's definitely got an in. But I'm not sure how much of the wide receiving core he's going to actually crack. Okay, give me your four. It is right now 29th. If you had to guess how this <laughs> unfolds. How do we? This is how we wrap up this podcast in the NFC North. I think we've we've talked it through. How do we? How do we feel? Yes. Um, okay, I right now just I'll go a little homerish. I think the Vikings and Packers have the same record, which may be like a 10 and 6, 11 and 5. They tie for first. Vikings, I'll give them the tiebreaker just because you know I write for Daily Norse and why not. Packers also make the playoffs. Bears 9 and 7 just miss it, and the Lions seven and nine but they're super competitive the whole year and they play spoiler a couple games too mm. how about you you're not gonna like this i have packers one but Ten and that's six. not not crazy yeah no lions two nine and seven vikings three eight and eight chicago bears five and eleven Oh, you're just getting everyone fired in Minnesota. Spielman's gone if they go eight and eight. <laughs> I don't. They're the. I, I just. I don't know. They're I, the, the, I, I get it, especially to the outside fan. They're the it's insane that I feel out, safer about the Lions and the Vikings this year. It's just that, weird. I don't know how to insane. rationalize yes, this. Yes, I agree. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how to deal with this. I need to go to therapy. Be like, what? Uh, what? Are, what are you here for? Oh, I'm just like I've talked myself into the Lions over the Vikings in 2019, and they're like, oh, come on, come on in, come on in, and then just a bunch of people from Pontiac saying, "Hi, Chase." Right? <laughs> You're like, I don't. I look, look, Kevin Stefanski. I just can't shake it. He's uh, the son of a terrible NBA GM forever. He was in Philly. Ed Stefanski. I can't shake that. Like you can't. He's just been in the organization forever. Gary Kubiak like retired and then got like weirdly kicked out in Denver. And then like he was just the shoe in to be the OC. And now he's just in Minnesota. And then like the Falcons could have had him and they went with Dirk Cutter instead. And that was just like this whole thing. And look, I just the defense was bad. I don't believe in Riley Reeve. And then I kind of believe in Kenny Galladay. Folks, what do I do here? And then they're just all like, um, you're an insane person yeah then yeah they they show you to your padded room after that i I really want to go into work tomorrow and be like so look um tj harkinson i just i i think i they have something there i like the two tight end set and then they're like uh chase did the vikings not bring in irv smith to do a dual tight end role with kyle you're like oh you're right and then they're like are you really overthinking the wide receivers danny amendola and carry on johnson and those guys like that the vikings can't do all those same things and you're like yeah you're right oh man and they're like oh you know anthony barr that guy you're really high on with gerard davis they, like, and they're the running they're, they're lining him up on the edge more finally yeah. so yes that good defensive line that you like in detroit um uh they have daniel hunter and uh everson griffin so it's just i go back and forth that's why i think their record's gonna be like a game apart i just i'm confident in the packers winning the division and i'm confident in the bears being the worst team I, the, those are spicy takes there chase i like it okay there we go um i feel like a crazy person because i'm all fired up about this <laughs> vikings 
line similarity scores. But anyway, Eric, we can read you on the dailynorseman.com. Is there anything we need to check out from you this week? Um, yeah, I've been doing recaps of just about every practice. I'm going to finish one up tonight and post that. So uh, follow along with that. And uh, just any news and notes from training camp uh, will be written about there. Okay, go do it. Eric, always a pleasure, sir. Talk to you soon. Uh, as always, Chase. Thanks for having me on. And that'll do it for today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. I uh, just want to remind you guys, if you like today's episode and you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, I would really appreciate it if you could take a second and leave the show a five-star rating and a review. If uh, you're not an Apple Podcast listener, remember you can find the show on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Uh, be sure to check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com where you can access all of my previous episodes and also find all my writing. I'm writing there fairly often. And also follow me on Twitter at Chase underscore Thomas and like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Chase Thomas writer. Uh, thank you for your support and we'll be back another episode very soon. Thanks guys. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.